0: Hey everyone, before we begin this week's show, I just want to introduce this month's sponsor, Avogachi. Avogachis are on-chain collectible ghosts staked with Ave's interest-generating A tokens. Compete for player rewards by earning XP, leveling up, and increasing the rarity of your Avogachi friend. Owned by the community, Avogachi is governed by the Avogachi DAO and the native eco-governance token GHST, or G-H-S-T. Summon your first Avogachi today and join the future of DeFi staked NFT avatars. Follow Avogachi on Twitter at Avogachi, A-A-V-E-G-O-T-C-H-I, or on Discord at discord.gg 6R2PE58. That's discord.gg 6R2PE58. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Matthew and Rizzle show. This is Matthew. We're really excited to have Tupador on the show this week of MetaPurse. Of course, the big focus of our conversation was around the mega epic Metaverse meetup this weekend, Saturday, January 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern called Metapalooza. Metapalooza is an event for the token launch of the B20 token, which represents the huge, extremely valuable Digital Vault holding all 20 1 of 1 people everyday's that Metapurse scooped back in December for a whopping 2.2 million dollars a bunch of super valuable virtual land and museums as well holding that people everyday art and we talk about the event what's led up to it why they're doing this and the place in history that this collection and the scoopage of the collection sits and where the future is going for crypto art and the metaverse. It's a really interesting conversation. Tubidor is hilarious, as you'll hear at the very beginning and throughout the episode. So I really hope everyone enjoys the conversation that Rizzle and I had with Tubador about MetaPurse, talking about this weekend's Metapalooza and B20 token launch event. Okay, Tubador, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzle show.
1: Absolutely spiffed to chat with you, Matthew and Rizzle, old chaps. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I, I thought this was going to be a posh conversation. I mean, I've got alternatives if you want. I mean, so much TV, my accent's all over the place anyway. It's a bit British. Oh, crikey, Mike, I could go down under I have a cousin in Australia. <laughs> it's got I a like, bit of Scotland.
2: I like this cousin. pivot to a posh conversation. It's like a little bit of a departure from what we normally do, but... I do love butler to hors d'oeuvres. We should get some of them going when we're gonna have posh com- conversations.
1: should, <laughs> should. Sure, sure. uh, I could do a wee bit of Scotland. My wife can't get enough of Outlander or uh, I can stick to plain old King Julian, a South Indian brown, <laughs> tender loving thing.
2: I like King Julian, man. Let's roll with that.
1: Or, 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 <laughs> of, or we could do a proper metaverse accent, a bit of everything, right? From Jersey to Java. Jersey to Java.
0: Love that, oh man. my god. That's that's money. Dude, but this has been such a long time coming. Actually, before we even chatted for the first time, uh, I came across what you were doing, you're writing on scent, and I reached out to you to do a spotlight on you and you kind of like flipped the script on me and we're like, "Yo, let's uh <laughs> let's do a bunch of metaverse shit." And it's it's been an epic year since since I met you first. But for everyone else that may not be familiar with you, um, introduce yourself, man. Um, tell everyone what you've been up to in the metaverse. And then, I mean, I think it'd be interesting if you talk about a little bit what you did prior to getting into crypto and falling down the, the NFT rabbit hole.
1: You know, the interesting thing is, uh, Tuberoo was born practically in April 2020. And, and the and the thing I love about that is none of the other stuff that I did before that, I mean, I was a journalist for eight years and I was in communications, basically made, made a living out of words. None of that mattered, right? So getting into the metaverse like uh, felt like I had a clean slate to start on. Um, no judgment, no preconceived notions. Um, nobody can see what I look like, where I come from, who I am the same time, I couldn't bring any of the good stuff that I did either. Right? I couldn't give you a reference of my past work, what kind of work I did, how good I was. So it was incredibly refreshing. And every step that I took since April, since writing that first piece and sort of uh, baiting Matthew, <laughs> completely unintentional, of course, but that's what it turned out to be was totally organic, man. So if I'm speaking with you guys today, uh, you know, with a with a $2.5 million acquisition of crypto art behind me with MetaCovin, um, running communications for Lendroid and Whale Street and sort of driving this whole movement, art movement with wonderful people like Matthew, Andrew, and the MetaCast gang, it's it's completely organic and it, it couldn't happen anywhere else. It couldn't happen IRL. And so uh, when Matthew asked me that question, uh, Honestly, it seems completely irrelevant to me right now because all of the cool <laughs> shit in my life, the stuff that I'm proud of right now, happened since April, so. Blam. And I'm nice old, y'all. For- I'm not a young man. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad, yeah.
2: Dude, it's not, man. I mean, so so much amazing stuff has in, has happened in the past like you know 15 16 months or so and we all joke around about like you know th- that time frame being like 5000 crypto years is i mean it's hard i feel like for people to, outside the space to even like really wrap their heads around like the amount of mm-hmm. progression and innovation that's happened within such a short period of time and Dude, I feel like all of us can sort of identify with your story, man. It's it's just so exciting to be like in the middle of all of that action, you know, going on uh, and, and being directly involved in it as well, man. So I feel like a lot of people would identify with that, honestly. And even even people who have done exciting things prior to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all relative, right? Um... To be fair, I have done some interesting stuff, stuff that I'm proud of out there, but uh, the kind of instant karma response that you get in the metaverse is, is something else. Uh, people either instantly love what you're doing and you're surrounded with love and collaborations, or you're shit, sorry, move on. So I, I love that feel. <laughs> got to move Dude. on.
0: Yeah. But you kind of uh, nonchalantly dropped the fact that there's a 2.5 million dollar acquisition of some uh, some amazing crypto art at the beginning of some of the amazing shit that you've been doing in the metaverse, and I think we we need to definitely unpack that. And I mean, back in December it was pretty epic, Nifty Gateway, People Everyday drop, and there's just a the whole whole story, a whole strategy behind what you and metacoven uh, as MetaPurse mm-hmm. did with that at, that acquisition. So I just want to kind of pass the mic back to you and and take us back to December before that drop and uh, take us up to the present, after the drop.
1: Mm, wow. That's, uh, the idea for the Beeple drop to scoop up all of those 20 pieces to do all of that is entirely MetaCovin. It's his brainchild. It's his madness that comes into play and it's a unique kind of uh, crypto madness a metaverse madness which can't be uh, distilled into economics or numbers if you know what i mean so it's not a bet where uh, i'm going to buy this piece of art and flip it tomorrow for for 10x that's it doesn't work like that right i mean uh, he is the owner of the largest real i mean uh, virtual estate in decentraland and that's not because he spent millions of dollars buying up uh, a proven concept. It's because he saw the idea or the potential and invested in it when it was just red dots on a large screen. So he first showed me DCL uh, uh, two years ago. I had no idea what he was talking about. I had I had no clue why he was so excited about this. So uh, all of this comes back uh, uh, to Metakovin and his conviction in, uh, in a sort of uh, NFT thesis, which basically, says that NFTs and NFT art are the catalyst to taking this entire space mainstream and more importantly, sort of flipping the narrative of how people experience art and uh, sort of look at economics around art. This has never been done before and for uh, obvious reasons. I I don't think it'll ever happen again, Matthew, because uh, think about it, right? When you're a fund or, you know, you're a, a crypto whale or an institution or whoever you are big purchases say uh, upwards of a hundred thousand dollars nft purchases are a rare event maybe you might scoop one a year or two three at the most even considering the way the space has exploded over the past nine months and this is this isn't just a factor of affordability alone just because you have money lying around you didn't just go on buying about uh, buying up nfts sorry blah, blah, blah. Auctions and bidding wars, they take a large toll on your psyche. They're intense experiences that uh, they make you question why you were born. They make you question your (laughs) convictions and so on.
2: Damn, that is intense.
1: Yeah, they draw on every ounce of uh, sensibility you have, right? Oh, you think you know art? Are you sure? You're about to put a $100,000 on this. Are you really sure? You think you're that good? So it's it's like participating in an auction is like trying to solve some sort of a quantum equation about the meaning of life. And somebody is constantly yelling in your ear, do you know what the fuck you're doing? Are you an idiot? So (laughs) that kind of a process. So three big buys a year would have been a big deal. Metapurse did 20 single editions in two days. And the way we did it is, uh, it was a very clear prep. We've been prepping for like three weeks, four weeks, uh, first to convince each other that, uh, it was a good idea and why it was a good idea, why we did this in the first place. And, uh, then, uh, the actual strategy of, uh, the acquisition itself. Right. So it didn't make sense to, you know, swagger through the front door and say, I'm meta I'm going to buy everything up. I've got all this money that doesn't work. Uh, it looks really stupid. And, uh, uh you, you know, how, uh, fragile egos can be in a sense we've all been there ourselves so when you see uh, a whale trying to um, sort of gobble everything up you want to stop him because it looks stupid for his own good obviously so we didn't want to do that so we created um, a dozen accounts different uh, um, you know ethereum wallets to be able to bid from and to be able to purchase those pieces uh, we named a few of them after uh, the Seven Hills of Rome. We named a few after Charles Babbage and Blaise Pascal. We named a few you know of some obscure references from Indian mythology and, and so forth um, and so on and so forth. Uh, so over the three weeks or two weeks, Metacoven moved around uh, money. He made sure that all the wallets were well funded. And the biggest challenge here was to put a number to this, right? so how do you value an idea even before it's born uh, how much would be too much to spend on the Beeple drop uh, it is it going to be uh, 200000 of if we we it it sounds ridiculous now but we thought maybe 200000 would be uh, a good number to cap at right so you know 10000 uh, dollars per piece okay maybe 200000 would be a good number but obviously it, it balloon to astronomical proportions and we were prepared for that too so we moved in sort of guns blazing and we sort of did it
2: dude so Curious to know, like, what the long-term play on this—I uh, don't know if you want to call it like a bet on people, or you know, however you might phrase it. Because you know, I'm thinking to what you said about his position on DCL, and this this is way different than like discovering DCL two years ago when nobody knew what it was, and like you know, going ham and getting the biggest parcel, and uh, you know, this is was way more of like a public spectacle, like dropping the hammer on the space, like type of thing and so you know clearly metakovin you know has some serious visionary uh you know acuity uh skills i don't know what you would call it mm-hmm. and so right. you know you you drop 2 mil plus on all this art in a space where crypto is booming uh in its own valuation and it's getting flooded with artists and not not taking any wa- anything away from people at all but you know it does seem like we're on the tip of the iceberg so you know, I know you also mentioned that the the play was not to just like buy this and flip it, at, you know, attempt to flip it at 10x. So yeah. curious to know, like, what what is the play like long term? Like, do you got I assume you guys have some sort of like plans like moving forward with these pieces or like it's a part of some larger plan? Like what wh- where does this go from here?
1: Oh boy, yeah, (laughs) we do have plans. I mean, uh, this isn't a bet uh, entirely on Beeple. I mean, if it were, we wouldn't have tried to, you know, create all of those uh, um, separate wallets and tried to, you know, make sure we acquired all 20 of those. And even that was uh, super difficult, right? Because Nifty Gateway is not an easy platform to bid in. Now, the original idea stemmed from the fact that we wanted to Provide uh, a beautiful playing field for crypto artists, native crypto artists, right? A lot of them. I've uh, I've fallen in love with practically all of them. I met uh, virtually all of them, of course. Sparrow, uh, Lawrence Lee, MetaGeist, and from uh, everybody from Jose Delbo to Josie to so many people, man. So we there must be a way to sort of launch this into the stratosphere and sort of flip the flipping model on its head. So when people uh, came in, we thought he was not just an extremely talented artist, right, and and someone with a massive following. We also felt a sort of kinship with the kind of work he did. He, someone who's created work every day without fail for the last 13 years. This this sort of manic uh, creation and <laughs> uh, sort of making art for the sake of it, we thought it was proper uh, metaverse. And to be able to ride on that emotion made perfect sense to us.
2: Wait, I get that part. And dude, I, I actually love that explanation. And, you know, it, it's sort of like tugging at my own like metaverse heartstrings because, yeah, man, I feel like we all have a genuine appreciation for, for the hustle. Uh, but I'm I'm still not like questioning, but like wondering like, all right, now you got $2 million worth of people art. What do you do with it?
1: Okay. You could do three things with art, right? The first, obviously, is to uh, buy the art and flip it, which is uh, not possible when you've dropped two and a half million in it. The second option is to take the art and lock it up like you do in the real world. Uh, You've heard of free ports, right? Which is what happens uh, typically to all kinds of art. So people buy up uh, very expensive and valuable art, and they lock it up behind fences and inside uh, Uh, warehouses. The third thing you can do is to open up art to everybody. So why should people sit inside the metaverse vault or any sort of uh, physical or virtual vault? Why can't it be accessible by everybody? Do you have any idea why that's not possible today, Rizul? Why do you think people don't open up art more or make it accessible to everybody?
2: Uh, You know, I... I that's a good question, man. I assume some of it is just like logistics and space and it's just not super practical until like the sort of crypto art revolution came around where you can have it like, you know, up in many places simultaneously. I don't know, man, maybe fear of it getting messed up. You tell me, man, I, I, you're the expert in in this uh, genre, man. I, I just poke questions at
1: people. Uh, I think uh, the biggest reason is that it doesn't make financial sense. Okay. It, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, traditionally, art used to be completely open. Uh, ancient civilizations had, uh, you know, whether you look at temple architecture or art in general, it used to be open to everybody to come and experience. But uh, it doesn't make financial sense because the value of art isn't something you can easily distribute or sort of uh, benefit from. And that's the model that we want to change. So what we've done basically is to... Try and spark a digital renaissance. We want to change the way artists experienced and also owned. Think about this: you're looking at uh, you. You walk into uh, the Museum of Modern Art. You're looking at uh, uh, a wonderful painting, right? Something that moves you, and you feel that sense of ownership, saying, "My, I mean, damn! Someone from my species created that, and it's moving me so much." So that sense of ownership. What? If that was not just some abstracting, what if you could also own the place? What if you had a key, which not only allowed you inside that museum whenever you wanted to, but also gave you a bit of ownership of uh, that space? That's what we want to do with B20. So did I say B20? You
2: said B20. <laughs> yeah.
0: B20? What is, what is B20? B20?
1: <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> did we synchronize that shit? I think we did. We did. <laughs> this, this, this entire thing is called, uh, we called it B20. You can either call it, uh, the 20 comes from the year in which all of this went down or the fact that uh, it contains 20 of the you know most iconic pieces of that particular year. So B20 is uh, going to be a massive sort of a mega bundle of art. Think about those 20 works of art. Think about, Museums or or temples for those art across the metaverse in in Decentraland in Crypto Voxels in Somnium Space. Think about the insane builds of those museums, which are crafted by you know Voxel Architects. you have heard of. Uh, imagine uh, a unique or an exclusive soundtrack in each of these places by, say, I don't know, off the top of my head. Grizzle? Oh, okay. He's good too. <laughs> It's good too, right? <laughs> all of that, and all of that becomes part of one single bundle, which is not owned just by Metacoven, but uh, which is tokenized. And those tokens are owned by anybody that wants them. So practically anybody in the metaverse who has those tokens can experience, not just experience that art, but also own it at the same time. Does that make sense to you?
2: Yes. Forgive me for dumbing this down significantly, but this is essentially actually, maybe that's not the right term, but it's reminiscent of like the zoo tokens project, which I feel like was one of the first things in this line of thinking where they're actually like creating an environment that can then be distributed amongst people in however they want. And this, this seems like that on like people crack or something like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Not not too far from it. And, and this is the beauty of the metaverse, uh, Rizil. This is not an original idea, or this is not something new or something that hasn't been done before. I would only call this uh, um, an evolutionary step. I mean, people have been trying to uh, uh, modify and improve the economics around crypto art for a long time, right? Uh, I mean, some some wonderful examples are what Whale Shark did with his NFTs. He made a massive vault out of it. Uh, he, he did the whale token that's an enormous amount of work uh, all based on, uh, on the faith which he has on these NFTs and on this movement. And then there are interesting experiments like uh, the, the one between Token Angels and uh, Matt Cain with the Bitcoin volatility piece. So that, that changes the relationship between an artist and collector. Instead of being a one-off thing, it makes it a lot more constant. Then there's this entire uh, world of ideas around uh, data, the art economy. So all of this comes into play, uh, and I think all of these ideas and all of these intentions, uh, then there is Niftex, the idea of fractionalizing uh, NFTs or bundles of NFTs. Uh, Grow Your Base did some excellent work with that that fractionalizing model. All we did is to capture all these ideas, and more than just the ideas, the intentions behind those ideas, and sort of uh, scale it up to a massive level. And why we scaled it up to this extent is if something like this doesn't work at this scale, then it's not going to work at all. You can't start small with big ideas, especially when you have the means to be able to go large with them. So that, that was a main intention. And uh, we can talk about what happens next or where we think we're going with this. But the original idea, the crux of it, uh, if I were to summarize it, is uh, open experience, and collective ownership of art.
0: I love this space. Just because people are able to to do these absolutely bonkers things, if they dream it, if they think it, they can do it. And I love the framing of this this mega scoopage as an evolutionary step in the collecting experience. I mean, we've already seen some great examples that you mentioned. And this is just taking it to the next level, taking learnings from other projects outside of the, the specific crypto art niche, incorporating all of that, and then bringing that ownership to hopefully like a lot of people I'm imagining is um, the aim of something like this uh, with with the, the B20 event, um, taking this Bundle of amazing art, land, and and everything, and and allowing people to to own their share in that. But like, okay, so now that we have this this B twenty event, and there's going to be music and like that whole production. Like, what happens? What happens after that?
1: First, I want to hear uh, if this or any aspect of this uh, excites Rizil. Matthew, I, I love you as a host, as uh, you know, uh, a newsmaker in this space. But uh, Rizil has this reputation that I respect for being completely brutally honest about what he says. The guy, without without any filters. You're polite. You you handle people with kid gloves sometimes, and and I thank you for that. Don't change, especially when it comes to me. But <laughs> I want to hear from Rizil, the zero filter one.
2: Oh, shit! Um, being totally, totally honest with you, man, fractionalized ownership does almost nothing for me personally. I mean, I, I intellectually understand the appeal and the benefits of it, but I don't, I don't want like a shard of a punk or I don't want like a shard of something. I want like the thing. And so, so for me personally, like I'm more prone to collecting whole things uh in general but but again man i you know i don't speak for the masses and i've been wrong uh, a billion times in what i think the progression of the space is going to be when i when i initially look at this project just you know and take it at face value i'm like you guys either need to be like way way out in front of like the learning curve in order to ever recoup this money uh, or not care about recouping this money and having and doing this purely for the sake of like what you're saying, like, you know, putting this space on the map, like pushing innovation and ingenuity to the next level. Um, And, you know, I, I agree somewhat with what Matt was saying in terms of like, you know, anything is possible in the metaverse if you put your, you know, ideas to work and everything. But, you know, having two mil to like execute those ideas certainly also helps a little bit um so so i you know i don't know man this is not the the fractionalized ownership and you know the the sort of vault philosophy is not my bag and not but also not my area of expertise but that's not to say i know what's up o- oftentimes i don't and you know just because something isn't like flashy and shiny to me you know doesn't mean it won't for everybody and dude i could count on 10 hands the amount of projects i was sleeping on just because i was ha- busy hating on them <laughs> and, and then they ended up you know blowing up right in front of me so uh you know i i'm happy to give you my cut but i would also take it with like a grain of salt because you know oftentimes there are you know pioneers and forward thinkers who are you know several steps ahead of me and you know i just you know show up and run my mouth a little bit
1: no man i mean now we're talking right this is what it's about and uh, I, I completely feel you and I had this uh, a similar reaction to the concept of sharding and to be honest, uh, most artists do, including people, right? When you use the word sharding or fractionalizing, it gives them a sense that they're breaking up the original NFT or they're breaking up their art into a million pieces, which is a painful uh, concept to imagine. Would you agree? Uh, one way is to sort of shift this mental model uh it's something again that uh matthew was uh, matthew helped me with but the way i imagine it is think of uh, a diamond right something something precious something incredible say the kohino diamond obviously i say kohino because well i'm brown 200 years of colonialism and etc so if you wanted to distribute the value of the kohino diamond and and sort of uh have collective ownership of it, what would you do? Now, if you came into the crypto space and asked a bunch of people, one idea would be, yay, I mean, smash that diamond on the floor, break it into a million pieces, give those pieces to people, which is completely ridiculous. On the other hand, you take that diamond, put it in a vault, not a vault, uh, in, a, in a glass room. It's a museum, it's a temple where people can go in and experience it and make a million keys instead. Don't break the diamond, make a million keys and that's what's happening uh with with the Beeple drop with, with the B20 project one way out of there the other aspect that you spoke about which i completely relate to because uh, look as uh, um, you know as a steward of uh, MetaPurse, it means that metacoven basically puts his money where my mouth is it doesn't mean i have any uh, money of my own i don't spend big as stupador i can't do that i have the same uh, experiences the same sort of aspirations as as you do Rizal uh, which is why uh, as matthew does which is why we we are able to relate to each other to the extent we are but the fact is that i i can't buy a really valuable piece of uh, art today if i were to look at it from a from an economic or a financial perspective if i want a high value nft i can't get it i don't have the money for it uh, the, the most I can do is to bet on a low-value NFT and hope that it flips someday, which is not very efficient, right? I want exposure to something that's hot, something that's happening today. And the ideal way to do that without losing the identity of the original NFT is to do it at scale, is to do it at the B20 level. Dude, I... am not rationalizing one punk uh, or, or one massive NFT because that doesn't make sense. I don't want a piece right. of... Uh, even if it's the first supper, or even if it's the highest selling punk. But this experience, this uh, this big budget movie or a blockbuster, which is frozen in time, is something I'd want a piece of. No, dude, you know,
2: honestly, I've. I feel like that's an excellent point and which is why I was sort of trying to buffer my statement because, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of people out there who just want to be able to say exactly what you said, man. Like they may not even be able to afford a full Beeple piece, but they want to be able to say like, you know, they got their hand in the, in that, or they, you know, have some sort of, piece of a people uh piece or part of the museum or something like that and honestly you know i don't know if you guys remember it must have been like almost a decade ago i don't know if you know the card game like cards against humanity but they did a publicity stunt probably about a decade ago where they allowed people to purchase like one square foot of some private island. I I may not have the exact like logistics, uh, correct, but they, they purchased a private island and then essentially like sharded the island into, you know, one by one foot square pieces where people could, you know, buy a piece of this private island. And when it happened, I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Who the hell wants like a one foot piece of property on a private island and i'm pretty sure they sold out like instantly or whatever and and i think it's you know in the same type of vein where people just want to be in on it they want to be able to show people like yo i own a piece of this this awesome thing this amazing like social experiment like i literally have my hand in it i can't buy an entire museum but you know that's not the way this thing is rolled out and so Again, man, you know, trying to buffer that statement just because it doesn't necessarily do anything for me personally doesn't mean it's like not a good concept. And it's been a concept that's been around for a while, even outside of the crypto space. So uh, how, how many shards are we talking, man? Just out of curiosity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, f- uh, first of all, a tiny segue uh, that that island thing is still going on. And uh, I bought my wife a, a piece of that a square foot of land
2: oh uh, my god so perfect man You're... wow
1: <laughs>
2: i knew it i knew it all <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did. I I couldn't resist it. Right? It was in Scotland, and she can't get enough of Outlander. I thought she'd appreciate it. She did. And <laughs> and they also give you a, a a title, right? If if you own uh, land in Scotland, you're instantly a lord or a lady. So I bought one for myself. I bought her one. Now we have Lord and Lady Tudor and Mrs. Tudor.
2: O G <laughs> Charter. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you 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 can't build. Uh, a, see, look, I can't afford an acre in Scotland. I can't afford an acre anywhere, right now. But that's still valuable. That's still uh, flippable. It's like, uh, it, it's like buying uh, Bitcoin at one dollar or Ethereum at fifty cents. Man, it's still it's still part of a larger picture. And again, I'm not, I'm not buying a part of people. I'm buying a part of the ownership of what I built with people. I think that's a very important distinction to make. I'm. I, I don't have a piece of people. I don't have uh, the whole of people. I have. It's, it's like I have a key to the city and an actual deed, uh, an actual token in my hand that says that's valuable. This is what uh, this is what it's valued at right now. And the more uh, it becomes an icon in the space, the higher the value.
0: I mean, I feel like everything that we're, we're talking about here is like we're, we're experimenting with how we frame the story behind these events and behind what we're doing, right? And. I think going back to the museum analogy, like you go to the MoMA, you buy a ticket, right? You're inside, you're looking at the art, then you go home. What B20 is doing is you're, you're getting, you can buy a lot of tickets and you can go to the event and you can listen to Blau do his thing and then you can go home. But the tickets that you have, have this exposure to all the art, to the museum, to the underlying property that... Like at some future date, let's say things start to sell, like those are those are shares that have exposure to future potential profits, right? That's something that doesn't happen anywhere. I mean, we go to the whip all the time. We get our poaps, but like like those POAPs aren't going, they're not attached to any of the properties that the whip is hosted at they're not attached to any of the activities of the host or the speakers that are talking there um Hmm. this this is a really interesting model i think for for everyone in the space to to pay attention to of course like it's awesome that everyone gets to be a rich motherfucker without having to be a rich motherfucker and spending (laughs) two and (laughs) a half million dollars On art right um yeah. and they get that kind of like vicarious enjoyment there but <laughs> there's that future exposure which is quite powerful and again enabled uniquely by these crypto power tools so i feel like th- there's just so many amazing stories and threads to pull on here and we're just kind of experimenting with with that aspect as well
1: so true i mean in fact uh that exposure you're talking about has nothing to do with uh your current knowledge in the space, right? That That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest uh, draws it has for it, I feel. Somebody coming in fresh off the boat and into the metaverse, he's looking for some kind of exposure. They have no idea where to look because uh, most of the platforms right now are graded in terms of which are the hottest selling artists or uh, most expensive pieces uh, sold, how many millions worth of art they've sold and so on. So it's difficult to sort of uh, get a proper idea, uh, a non-economic idea, and also an aesthetic idea at the same time. So this would be a first of many in that sense. And uh, and Rizal, I think you like this part also. And Matthew agrees is that the next stage is going to be even more exciting. If this works, and we, we do hope it will, we think it will, it'll open up the floodgates to a lot of smaller bundles as well and a larger number of artists into the mix. Uh, think of, uh, OK, I can't talk about the uh, bundle ideas I have in my head, but you can even think of a bundle which is as small as $1,000 or $2,000. That will be possible because they know that the model works. That's That's what we're aiming for.
2: I'm trying to figure out how the bundles relate to this overall project. This is like sort of like a spin-off of this museum concept that you're saying, or will be offered like in conjunction with it. I, I, I'm And I'm liking everything that you're saying, man, I'm trying to like imagine in my head, I'm like, obviously, you're going to have to add more art to this or he's already got like a pretty solid reserve. Otherwise, this is going to be like a people shrine that gets like sharded to, uh, you know, a bunch of people or whatever. Um, is the, is this all like rolled into the same type of like overall premise or is this, is, are the bundles that you're referring to sort of like a spin-off? And, you know, I know Pranksy also just released something that might be similar to that concept. Uh, and, and I haven't looked too, too much into that either. I don't know if you have, but, uh, you know, I'm just curious as to how that like plays a role into like the overall vision.
1: This is different Rizal. When you think about an evolving bundle that makes the uh, the price really volatile. The value of it is not really frozen. Uh, I think of this like uh, a, a blockbuster movie. Once uh, you know True Lies is made, you, you don't want to mess with it after that. It, it's, it just is. Uh, it's like- <laughs> did you just <laughs> reference
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Blockbuster, all in the same sentence. Let it rip, man. <laughs>
1: I did. Independence Day, True Lies, all of them. Yeah, the
2: man. Stuff, right? I, mean,
1: I must have been the only one who had the hearts for Jamie Lee Curtis at the time. I mean, absolute minority. But there you go. So, so this is like a, uh, like a blockbuster movie and in absolute respect to the NFTs that we've collected, we've frozen them in time and sort of enshrined them in this experience. The biggest difference between... Uh, fractionalizing or sharding an nft and what we've created is that this isn't uh you know locked away in in a dark place and then chopped up and given up people the experience remains open to all eternity it remains constant and immutable like a movie you can go back to that theater you can go back to that movie every year every day every week or 10 years from now it remains unchanged it remains just as evocative and uh, it captures the, the zeitgeist of that particular time. And that's the major difference. The bundles I'm talking about are future projects, which I hope will be inspired by B20's uh, um, success. Now that they know this idea works, they'll try smaller ones. They won't have to be a MetaGovern mm. or a MetaPurse to try out this idea. And they won't have to be uh, a whale. To be able to get some sort of exposure to a high value uh, NFT asset. If you are a whale and you you still do want to buy up the entire thing, even that's possible. And it benefits everybody who holds the B20 token.
2: Nice, man. I'm looking forward to little people getting involved when we can shard the Rizzle shack full of his <laughs> cheap <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, it's 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 a really cool concept, man. And I do wholeheartedly agree and echo what Matt is saying is in the sense that like the amount of creative liberty and freedom in this space to just sort of tinker around and try things and, you know, push something into the forefront to to be the next big thing is one of the most uh, captivating things about this entire space. Going back to what you were saying, man, about it being static and you being able to sort of go back and like, you know, rewatch the movie type of approach. Do you have concerns about that getting stale? I, I mean, how many times can you see Jamie Lee Curtis? You know, maybe, maybe for you, <laughs> like a lot, but for yeah, me, I'm like, right. you know, she's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you won't have to, man. That That's the whole point. Uh, there are generations of people that come into this space, right? As, as Rizal uh. or Tugudur or Matthew, I don't have to keep doing this, but every wave of uh, newbies that come in, those naked avatars you keep complaining about uh, at the whip, those guys will be interested. They're okay. going to love Jamie Lee Curtis. Every time somebody <laughs> becomes a teenager in the metaverse, they'll want to see people. They want to experience is shit, they want a piece of B20, because this is practically the first experiment of this kind. So they will want a piece of it to at least understand what it is, and then they pass it on to another generation, and then another, and then another. And I just, I just think the idea will last, and, and that's all we can hope for. And the reason I'm, I'm sort of confident about this is that this is only going to make sense if it's the first of many. And uh, for it to be the first of many, it has to be among the biggest that this world has ever seen. It's as simple as that. Nice, man. Can't
0: argue with that. Hell of a way to kick off 2021, I think. And (laughs) I'm super, super keen on seeing how this plays off. plays out and really excited for it to, to hopefully succeed so that these subsequent bundles and events can happen because it's it's exciting um, as a participant, as an observer, and just thinking about it from the artist's perspective, I mean, I imagine it would be hella exciting for them to be included in these bundles and get that attention and notoriety, gain a whole bunch of, of collectors supporting them in this really, really interesting uh, model. But like sort of on that twenty twenty one theme, um, and, and shifting gears a little away from from people and the B twenty event to to just broader crypto and NFT space and metaverse. Like I put out some predictions the other day. Uh, I'm just curious from your perspective outside of of this mega event. Um, like how are you looking at the rest of the metaverse and the NFT space and crypto space uh, heading forward into twenty twenty one? Do you have any predictions yourself?
1: Oh, man, I, I wouldn't even want to guess. I wouldn't have guessed uh, B20. I wouldn't have guessed uh, any of the stuff that happened over the last three years, man. So I'm just happy to be a, happy to make this a spectator sport and to sort of uh, egg you on when you make your predictions and say, go, Matthew, make all the predictions. I'm behind you <laughs> rather than trying to say anything. No, uh, but seriously, I, I, I think uh, new economic models will catch on and i think uh, for obvious reasons nft is the is a touchstone of everything crypto everything is is boring everything is uh, drab and gray without nfts if uh, you know if defi has a chance of going mainstream if the idea of crypto the idea of ownership has it, any chance of going mainstream it's going to be via nfts because they're instantly visible, and anything that you do with an NFT, uh, you you can't you can't hide them, right? If, if whether you're locking them away, whether you're distributing them, whether you're you know sharding them, whether you're looking at collective ownership, whatever it is you do with them, become instantly visible. And I think that's going to play a major role. We're going to have uh, a massive uh, catalog of new kinds of NFTs, NFTs that have power. Beyond some sort of a cosmetic value within DeFi spaces, we are going to see DeFi become sort of uh, an underlying layer in NFTs and in uh, in-game and in gaming worlds uh, instead of the other way around. So I, I think I'm looking forward to that trend, and I think B20s will will pick up, and we'll have more bundles like this, and uh, each bundle different from the other. Not. We won't be looking for the next uh, people immediately because that would make a lot of sense. We we do something completely contra or counterintuitive to this.
2: It's awesome, man. And, you know, awesome that you guys are, you know, in the weeds, like pushing the whole space forward with what you're doing. And, you know, I, I feel like anytime anyone's like experimenting on this level, uh, the amount of eyeballs increases and people wondering what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's just sort of a spectacle. And, you know, you're, you're also preaching to the choir, man. I've been saying for a long time that I feel like NFTs yep. are really going to be what's going to mainstream crypto because of exactly what you said. It, it just, it, it extends in so many different directions and so many, uh, you know, artistic expressions, you know, I right. right? And I know I'm preaching to the choir. We don't have to like get into like how awesome NFTs are, but just, just co-signing on your statement, man. And I, I feel like we're right at the cusp of that and the people like yourself and medicoven who are you know being the visionaries and getting out in front of this space so that when the hordes of masses come we have this magnificent uh interactive museum set up that people can tour and and check out and everything uh yeah. honestly does make a lot of sense even if like sharding isn't like my favorite thing in the world i i get it man and i honestly feel like it's really, really important uh, for the, the space overall. So it's fucking awesome, dude.
1: Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. And, um, well, I do want to be cognizant of time. I think Rizzle does have to bounce uh, shortly. Oh. And, I mean, we did, I, I think we did cover um, way more than I, I was thinking we would. Uh, what's going on with B20, the bundle and everything like that. Um, so we Shake can- them we down, can, man. Yeah, uh, I I, I want to know your personal collection. I don't I don't, I know what's in MetaPurse, all the epic shit, all the the double rare diamonds and shit. But I want to know what's in your personal crypto art collection. Like, what have you been collecting recently? What are some of your your prized possessions when it comes to, to art and and other NFT collectibles?
1: Well, it's weird, uh, Matthew, because uh, I've made, uh, um, in a sense, I've made the Metaverse collection sort of feel like my personal collection. I, I haven't been able to separate the two in a while. I haven't bought or invested in art or any NFTs in a while, which is, we. I mean, come to think of it, it does feel a bit weird. But the reason I feel so comfortable doing that is because uh, MetaPurse and Metacoven have not sold a single NFT. And that guy's been collecting NFTs since uh, 2017 or so. So I'm quite, I don't know, it, it maybe it might happen sometime in the future or in, in some form or the other, but I've, I've sort of uh, um, projected myself onto the MetaPurse wallet and all of the amazing artists you see in MetaPurse.e, check out OpenSea, all of those eclectic artists, I think there's, there's like 75, 80 pieces there, are... <laughs> Uh, are sort of tr- reflections of the way I look at this space, the way I enjoy art and the artists in the space. So.
2: Are we accepting this answer? This is like a Russ Frankie type of answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true.
2: What do you like, man? <laughs> what other projects are there out there, even if you haven't bought them, that you like, that have nothing to do with you?
1: Oh, that's easy. Uh, that's easy. Apart from art. oh. The yeah, load, sure. man. i mean uh, every time somebody walks into uh, you know the whip and talk about what they're about massive FOMO i go and buy stuff immediately uh, I, <laughs> I lost a lot of money <laughs> you know spent spent on wearables on uh, you know on, on on skinny shit on on sparrow's art on no shot you name it uh, squiggles what the fuck chromie squiggles art blocks at I O. I i mean I've, I've i've had so many conversations with snowfro I'm super excited about generative art. I I think that's that's where the future is. Uh, yeah. The next wave is going to be generative art. I'm super interested in the work that's going on there. So I am interested in that project. i I love uh, Cryptograph for for the you know unabashedly uh, celebrity kind of work that they do, which which I think is really high quality stuff. I love the s- smart contracts that they have for uh, uh, you know for bidding for auctions. You should check that out. I love. Uh, Grow your base stuff. I'm a member uh, with those guys. I uh, I like the collection of NFTs that they bring to the space. So yeah, I mean, it, uh, I don't know what reference you use, but I, I actually love a lot of the projects out there. Can't help it, exposed to too much thanks to you and Matthew.
2: Dude, that was a great answer. I'm glad I pushed you on.
0: It. <laughs> Dude, that, that was a proper shake down. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, Matthew. Is it? Can we talk about the the team that's working on the B20 project? Because um, it's rather close to my heart, and I think it's uh, uh, it, it's one of the things that makes me super excited about B20s in the first place.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Awesome. So let's start with uh, uh, the team, right? I mean, um, we've got people, obviously, the the master with his twenty pieces. We've got uh, voxel architects. Uh, Leandro and his excellent, excellent team who worked through Christmas to create some insane bills. In um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, they really capture the essence of people, which is which is crazy. Uh, meta shit. So they uh, shout out to them. We've got grow your base, John, Lucas, and and Tabby, who've helped us, uh, you know, sort of craft tokenomics together and and you know spitball ideas and strategy, and. Uh, We've got Whale Street who are building the underlying tech. I mean, something of this scale hasn't been done before. So we have V and Vijay and Alona and Lee and uh, you know, a whole bunch of people, Paradox, uh, Dinesh Praveen, people you haven't heard about, but they're part of uh, the Whale Street team doing excellent work on the tech side, on the UI and UX side. We've got the inimitable uh, Paradox who's taking care of cinematography and promos and stuff. And man, the biggest revelation for me and... Massive pleasure I've had working with are the MetaCast team, uh, Matthew himself, Andrew Steinwald, uh, Brooke. I mean, I've I've had such a ball, uh, you know, uh, working with you all, creating um, quality content and and basically bouncing these gorgeous metaverse ideas, which we all have in our head, but we haven't had a chance to sort of articulate and express. Now we have some proper context and a reason to do so, and it's been a massive pleasure. And and why I'm so <laughs> thrilled about it is because all of these stakeholders that you just heard of, they got sold on the idea, and 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 we're all stakeholders in this. They get, I mean, we're all taking B20 tokens, man. We're not walking away with uh, um, Ethereum or or U.S. dollars or 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 that kind of money. We we're doing this. For a piece of uh, this experiment, which I think is the coolest thing ever. And, uh, well said, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's it's going to be uh, seven to eight thirty p.m. Central Standard Time, right, on January twenty third. Yep. It's happening in Crypto Voxels first uh, at the Epic Build that Voxel Architects has architected, and then the party uh, after. Lao gives an epic performance. We're going to take a metaverse tour to Decentraland and then Somnium space. space. Um, so look out for more details there. People are going to be listening to this, the Wednesday listening party. Um, so we'll have all the links for everyone then um, in the show notes as well. We'll include all the key information, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute blast and well, to wrap up, I just want to say that like in, in the whole entire metaverse, like I feel like my two best friends are right now on this call with us. Or with, hey, with oh, got My dude, Rizzle, and then Tubador, man. Like, in any given day, I'm talking to both of you multiple times, messaging back and forth, reading whatever you wrote, listening to podcasts, hopping into Discord channels. Like, you, you two are my absolute like. It, it's just been an absolute pleasure to be able to traverse the metaverse uh, with both of you and just get inspired by your ideas and your good, your bad cop kind of shake down antics and whatnot. Um, and what
2: about like, you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> y'all, y'all rock. And I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to hop on this call and, and talk about uh, what you're doing Tubador I know there's a lot more to talk about um, the whip and things like that but I think for today uh, putting a little bookmark in this conversation uh, is a nice way to to wrap things up and I just want to say man I, I love what you're doing I love your passion in the space and uh, hope that you keep doing what you're doing Tubador
1: I mean, thanks so much man I'm, I'm genuinely. Uh, starstruck every time I interact with uh, both of you guys. Obviously, it's easy talking to you, but also uh, it, it it never escapes me. The fact never es- escapes me that Rizzle is is a true original in this space. I yeah. I love the authenticity he brings, the honesty that he brings to the space. And I I'm sorry I missed your birthday, Rizzle. Uh, I mean, if it was anything else, okay. I'd have been there. I I was like neck deep in that auction, so nothing else could have kept me away from that party
2: hey man dropping two <laughs> mil is like a decent excuse i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let it slide just yo just, thank you man yeah jeez uh, i wasn't ready to this to turn into like a love fest thank you man it sounds like i need to hang out with tudor more
1: <laughs> oh yeah i'm you I can wax on for uh, for years about Matthew, I mean, about uh, how he has a voice made for radio and a, and a face made for TV. I've, I've seen you just two times on screen. And, uh,
2: yeah, I've seen his face too, man. Definitely made for TV. Yep. <laughs> Fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> and, uh, you're, you're,
1: you're the perfect blend of, uh, you know, uh, intellect and, and sort of that uh, dreamy metaverse fashion, man. That's... that's that's, that's hard as, uh, as I think Rizal and I can both attest to, we're all over the place. Most of the times we, I, I don't think I can organize, uh, even 5% as well as you can. So massive respect for being yeah. an organized dreamer, if that's even <laughs> possible.
2: This is that's great, man. You could go on for like another 10 minutes. Don't you just feel like grounded when you hear Matthew's voice, like just come on a podcast or like on discord and just like, ah, uh, I'm home again with Matt.
0: Dude, I, I can see all the gifts that are popping up in Token's <laughs> I'm getting roosted right now at Token's before this goes
1: any further. Rap, it's, no, it's funny because it's, it's true, man.
0: It's funny because it's
2: true. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, it, it's almost uh, you know, like sometimes when Matthew's like it's really early in the morning for him or something like that, and he says some hell yeah. It sounds like he's having a, a sensual experience somewhere. Somebody touched him the right way or something. Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, y'all
1: <laughs> try, try it, Matthew. I, I'll prove it to you say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you're right, it.
2: man.
0: Anyway, with that, with that boys, it was a pleasure. We'll sync up later take it easy.
1: <laughs> later, right, so. Thanks. Rizal. Catch you later,
2: man. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bye. This is great. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And I just want to remind you of this month's sponsor, Avogachi. Avogachis are on-chain collectible ghosts staked with Aves interest-generating A tokens. Compete for player rewards by earning XP, leveling up, and increasing the rarity of your Avogachi friend. Owned by the community, Avogachi is governed by the Avogachi DAO and the native eco-governance token, Ghost or GHST. Summon your first Avogachi today and join the future of DeFi staked NFT avatars. Follow Avogachi on Twitter at Avogachi, A-A-V-E-G-O-T-C-H-I, or on Discord at discord.gg 6R2PE58. That's discord.gg 6R2PE58. Thank you and see you next episode.
2: podcast. podcast.